Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi Sarah this week. Well, as you've been hearing in the news, there is a new interim CEO in charge of Atira. That is the agency that has been under the microscope lately. And as you know, the former CEO, Janice Abbott, resigned after a scathing report was released by Ernst & Young. Well, joining me now is Catherine Room, the interim CEO of the Atira Women's Resource Society. Catherine Room, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Oh, good morning, Jill. It's great to be here. Uh, I know you. Uh, this was announced, and you talked a bit about this, and kind of where you're coming from into this position. Um, we know you're. You don't have the background in this type of work, not in social services. Rather, uh, right. you were, were the head of Technical Safety BC, also the the founder and CEO of a health tech startup. How will you use those skills and your background to take on this role? Well, that's right. I don't come from the social services background, and I think what the board want right now is someone to get the financial house in order and to really help elevate our operational excellence. Those are the two tasks that are on deck. And uh, and I think I'm a good fit for that, given my background. And uh, I know you're new that this is this appointment uh, has just happened. But when you talk about getting the financial house in order, have you had a chance to look at the financial house or see how big of a job that's going to be? Uh, I haven't actually, Jill. I start on July the 1st, and uh, and while we are in the next couple of weeks uh, sort of um, bringing me up to speed, I intend to hit the ground running in July. Um, but what we do know is that we've had um, both the E&Y report on BC Housing, as well, um, Atira has a BC Housing operational review that is about to get underway. We're looking forward to seeing the scope of that. Um, and the board of Atira is doing its own independent governance review to look at the way that decisions are made on real estate and as well to look at conflict of interest. So there will be findings, but there's a lot of work that is going on that will be something that I will look forward to to going after and, you know, really bringing Atira, such an important organization, to best in class. And I know the contract that you have signed, it's a four-month contract, uh, could be extended. Even just the list that you just put there as far as things that need to be addressed. Do you think it's possible to do that in four months? Well, that's a really good question. (laughs) I think it's it's going to be a lot of uh, folks rolling up their sleeves and the board are committed to doing the same for me, uh, with me. um, They're very much on deck doing the hard, complex work that's required here. Because Atira provides 2,600 homes to the most vulnerable people, women, children, gender diverse people, in the middle of a housing crisis. This is an organization that is just too important to, to society. And, and I know the public want to see it uh, succeed. So, yeah, we, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, four months is a short time. But I'm very confident that I'll be able to hand this off to uh, a new CEO in the social services sector who will just take it forward under their own strategy and vision and um, and really keep the momentum going. There have been a lot of calls as well for more transparency. And I think in light of the Ernst & Young report where it came to light that BC Housing which or Atira, which gets much of its money from BC Housing, there were issues with conflict of interest. There were issues with, with a lack of transparency. How do you change that? Absolutely, there were issues. We, we must rebuild trust. Um, this is a reset and renewal. We know trust was broken, and 
the actions that the board have taken that I'm committed to undertaking is entirely intended to rebuild this trust. And and that's with our partners. That includes with the government and with BC Housing and the municipalities, our lenders, the public. Um, and there are lots of parties that are stepping up and stepping forward. And um, I think that's really important is that we come together to support this amazing organization. And when we look at employees, the staff members working with Atira, many of whom have just unionized, but before mm-hmm. that even, we were hearing from some of the workers raising some pretty significant concerns about how they were treated, working overtime due to understaffing, a lot of safety issues that weren't being addressed unless they made claims to work safe BC. How do you begin to tackle a workforce that clearly has had a lot of issues in the past years and really feel in many cases that they have not been listened to? This is an amazing workforce. And you're right, issues have been brought forward. And um, I I think that what we want to do is actually improve any way that workers can bring forward, our employees can bring forward issues. Uh, The board is committed to having a whistleblower line. So uh, there will be multiple avenues, including with the GEU bargaining unit, which I welcome. I think that's a great next step. Part of ATIRA was already under uh, GEU bargaining. So um, all of these are very positive steps. And with our employees, that is also part of rebuilding trust, is giving them voice. Uh, They are the lifeblood of this important organization. And when you say giving them voice, then do you have ideas or things that will change to, to allow that to happen? Well, I I personally think that culture is the single most important thing that any organization or any business has. It is the magic that allows you to deliver on the toughest mandate. Atira arguably has the toughest mandate. And um, and so culture requires uh, a sense of combined purpose that people are able to give voice to their concerns, but also that their innovations and their ideas are brought forward. So it's it's a community where everyone is considered part of the broader solution. Uh, our employees are amazing, and many of them are also our tenants. So I think, again, that's part of the culture of the Tira is that beautiful crossover between those groups. And will you be taking direction then from, from the board, from the employees? Because again, like you said, your background's not in social services. It's in, in more the, the finance, the technical side. So how do you kind of marry those two together? Yes, for sure. So that, you know, social services, I'm going to get my expertise from the experts within the organization. And, and they are. They, they do the work. They have been continuing to do the work through all of these issues. Um, so they, they're very strong. And, and also, I'm going to be looking to our partners to support me. And those include the municipalities. Those include other social service agencies, uh, the government and BC Housing. So working together, I, I feel I will be well supported. And I know the board is looking forward to that as well. Uh, is this something that, and I know you haven't officially started the position yet, but is it something that you would consider doing in a permanent sense? Or are you there simply, not simply, but are you there for the transition and for however long that takes? I wish it was going to be simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I definitely am going to hand it off. And I think that um, really to, um, to bring what are my skills, but to realize also that this is 
for somebody who will step in with their longer-term vision for ATIRA. I will always support this organization. I think that it is for the business community, both private and public sector, to step up now. This is the time where we need to show our support. And uh, I'm very privileged to have been asked to do this, but I know that this is for very two specific reasons. Um, I will help get the financial house in order, and I will bring the organization forward in its operational excellence. The board itself will be conducting its independent review for its governance excellence. So those three things working together, we will be in a great position for the future leadership. And Catherine, in the past, uh, the past CEO, uh, when we talk about transparency, because Atira gets the bulk of its money from BC Housing, which is taxpayer dollars, uh, Janice Abbott mm-hmm. in the past was very reluctant to talk about her salary when asked, even though you can go to the Canadian, uh, the revenue agency and see that it was north of $200,000. Are you able or are you willing to tell the public what your salary is? We will be transparent about my salary and about the financials for Atira. I actually, my contract will be signed in the next couple of weeks. Um, th- this is part of rebuilding trust. To your point, these are taxpayer dollars, and and I think the public should know where their investment is going because we all want to support women and children, gender diverse peoples in having low barrier or no barrier housing when we're all facing housing crisis. So how do we protect those most vulnerable people and where are the dollars going? So I think that transparency, Jill, is essential. Right, but don't you know what your salary is already? Um, we're, we're still discussing it. I think what I will be aligned to is what the former CEO's compensation was, but on a contract basis. All right, Catherine Room, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Jill, thank you.